You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, it's Brett Valentini here hosting Southside Sox podcast number 39. And we have a special, special sort of different treat here on this podcast after, I want to say years, if not certainly months of trying to chase this guy down to participate even more than he already does in Southside Sox. We have Anohito, commenter extraordinaire from Southside Sox, joining me on this podcast. And the reason isn't just because he's such an energetic member of our community, but specifically because Carlos Radon is, if not a favorite player, we're going to get the rankings here in the podcast, I think, but uh, certainly uh, close to the top, if not at the top of his favorite White Sox players. And obviously yesterday's no-hitter, or I guess I should say Thursday's no-hitter, uh, was uh, certainly some peak excitement for Ano. So welcome, Anohito, and thank you for uh, for joining me on this. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Brett. It's uh, great to be here. I, Like you said, it has been a long time uh, coming, I guess, but uh, it is my first time doing something like this. And after an event like this, you know, once in a lifetime, I decided, yes, I, I have to, t- I have to uh, grasp the opportunity and just uh, do so because I really want to just – tell tell the stories and all that stuff that I want people to hear and uh as I'm sure people have already known uh well with me being so energetic and passionate sometimes the things I say are like just too crazy I'm like really low when they're low but I can also be really high when they're high and uh that's where we're gonna go today really high so so what you're telling me Anno is uh it's gonna take a near perfect game and a no hitter to get you on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I don't know if anything else could have done it. I, I was like uh, last year when they got to the playoffs finally, I was so overcome with emotion that I wrote this long post for it and I thought I would be doing something for that too. I didn't know how that would actually uh, carry out though, but I was uh, pretty uh, enthused for that. Yeah. So I guess just, um, well, you know, I, I have been a longtime fan, not as long as some other people, certainly. Uh, and I'm going to plug my own post again that I'm sure you remember, but the one that uh, I made along uh, some years back about how I got into baseball mm-hmm. when I'm just like a complete, I guess, a nerd geek and all that, but it just happened and I loved it. So I, that all started back in 2008. So certainly definitely not as long as some other people, but I will have to say I've already endured over a decade of this team. And I mean, you know how the last decade has gone. Yeah, I was and I've say, stuck by know, it every you, time. So Yeah, you chose a, a rough, you know, this sort of rough <laughs> decade. You chose a rough decade to sort of dive in. I have to say you've earned your stripes. That's for sure. <laughs> There's still some uh, really good stuff that happened during that too, like uh, Burley's perfect game, obviously, mm-hmm. and a lot of other stuff that happened, uh, in- interesting, cool games that I've been to, and one that I'm certainly going to talk about uh, very soon. Yeah, let's talk about, uh, before we get into maybe sort of the story of your connection with Carlos as as a fan of his, just take me through how you're feeling during the game. At what point are you sensing maybe that it's something special, the no-hitter? Well, uh, here, here's where the really funny part of it is. Generally, and you might not even know this, and I'm sure many other people wouldn't notice either, although I have hinted towards it. But when I'm watching or rather listening to the games, mostly on the radio, I'm actually multitasking. I actually um, I have a whole host of other uh, interests, especially video games. So baseball, I usually have on while I'm playing video games. And yesterday was no different. However, it was because I was late. I was uh, dealing with some stuff. And uh, when I came in to uh, pretty much, I guess, <laughs> see right. the Sox already up 6 nothing, I was like, I, I made a joke. I was like, maybe I shouldn't even turn on the radio. Yes, then. Right. <laughs> Imagine me turning it on, just hearing like uh, it just ruins the whole thing. And I was like, oh, uh, well, I'll just leave it that way and hope uh, Rodan can get the W. So I, I generally, I uh, have two screens. That's how I operate. So one screen was uh, Southside Sox and Game Day. And the other screen was uh, my video game. And I was just uh, playing it while uh, just following along on Game Day. And something happens on Game Day, I comment in the thread. It's just how uh, I naturally do it. It's, I, I, I actually, I guess that can segue into the other thing that I'm sure we'll touch on how much I comment. But yeah. for me, it's just so natural to just like type a thought out. Yeah. I guess that's just how I treat the uh, internet in general, not just uh, SSS, but like any other forum or chat or anything, I'll just type it out. And that's why you sometimes get those really crazy swear-filled rants from me. <laughs> and then other times it's just really quick thoughts like, oh, Right, right, because right. that's, that's just how I do it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I uh, did not have the radio on. I did not. I only had game day. I only had my game still. And then, like, people started just mentioning, like, uh, "Wow, Radon's gonna blow out his arm on this game alone, unless he uh, acts like, are they gonna take him out or something? Unless he has a perfect game going." And it was like the fifth inning done already. I was like, wait, hold on. Holy crap. He actually <laughs> does. I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Um, well, I, 
I'm kind of worried now because, uh, you know, what with his history and all that, can he actually get through this many pitches so suddenly, so soon in the season? And, uh, well, it, it just kept coming. And uh, one of the funny comments that I uh, found elsewhere, because like, I'm like all over other social medias as well. I've got like Twitter tabs open as well as other things. And one of the funny comments I found was that uh, Rodan's shoulder is screaming at him to give up a hit. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like I said, at that point, I'm just really conflicted whether it was going to happen or not. And I honestly, given how this season has started, I, I'm not... It, this isn't in a bad way to say that I'm losing hope, but I guess I'm losing hype is how I'm going to mm. put it. That's, where they're yeah. like, World Series contender, yeah. Right. And then they put out all these like pregame stuff and they're like, we're, we're back, change mm. the game, we're going to go all the way. And then they come stumbling out of the gate like that. It takes a lot of wind out of sail. I mean, obviously, I'm still going to be with them all the way and stuff. But like the more excited you get for them and the more they fail, the more it like hurts at the end and it, the game feel more painful. So I'm just like, going to try to not be as hyped for it so that part of that was why i was like well i don't know if he's going to do it then but i'll just i don't know maybe i mean you know so at any point ano are you actually switching over and focusing primary or full attention at what point if you do start focusing full attention on carlos pursuing obviously the perfect game pretty much the, the entire game um, or I guess in the ninth, are you switching over just to hope the, the holds, holds the no-hitter? See, that's another thing that uh, was also kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know if I'm superstitious on it, but I'm just like, well, I've been shooting things the whole time with game day on the side monitor, and I just glance over every now and then. But, you know, it's getting closer and closer, and I feel like if I just keep watching it, like watching the mm-hmm. the pot, like uh, the kettle boil, you know, mm-hmm. then the thing's just going to pop out and say in play runs rather than if right. I just kept playing my game and then glance over and saw, Hey, you got another two outs. Yeah. It, it, it sort of eased my mind more that way. And yeah, you don't uh, want to let game day know that you care that much. So it's <laughs> sort of like, you know, peripheral vision. That, exactly. You know. It just sounds so, it sounds so silly and superstitious when it's like that. But I think everyone also feels that way when they're like uh, looking at something like oh, this. Oh, certainly. Unless they're live at the game, in which case you have no control over it. Certainly. Uh, I was over in the, uh, in the SB Nation um, uh, the Slack channel. Oh, And yeah. no one had mentioned anything at all. And of course <laughs> I had to do my, because I don't really go in for that. And even going back mm-hmm. to covering mm-hmm. hockey, you'd catch the stuff where if you, if you tweeted something out about it, like a shutout for a goalie, you know, that's like verboten and then you get scolded. And I think, Oh, come on, this is ridiculous. But you know, <laughs> even there I tried to very, cause nobody had made any mention of it. And usually you see that sort of thing. It's, it's a little bit of a way to get a little bit of news ticker for me to see what's going around going going on around in the league and so you know i did just sort of throw something down there like hey you know you know here's the score here's the pitch count you know it might be something to pay attention to you know so i still did actually adhere somewhat to the superstition even though technically i don't really go in for all of that but i figured you know let's honor it because of course i don't want to end up somehow feeling you know guilty so i certainly can empathize where you're at where it's like all right just keep Half of an eye on the you game. Know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Right, uh, right. Now, at, at what point or at at any point do you actually Certainly do... the, the ninth inning when uh, yeah. people were just saying, wow, what a play, Jose. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Game day doesn't tell me that. And <laughs> at that point, I just had to just look it up. And I was like, 
whoa, are you kidding me? That that is, I mean, some you know, people were already comparing it to the catch from Wise. If uh, this was going to be perfect, and you know, interestingly enough, at that point, I still didn't want to turn on my radio because I still had that superstition, and it wasn't perfect yet. He still had two outs to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I was still like you know starting to pay attention to it. Starting I start uh, people already highlighted it on Twitter, so I saw the video and stuff. And okay. and then just as quick as that, the next pitch, uh, you know, or really not the next pitch, but it felt like it. The next yeah. uh, he he uh, hits the he hits uh, Perez. So tell me then, having uh, you know now obviously he's got he's got a no hitter. I mean, right. no argument that this is an incredible story for Carlos. Couldn't absolutely have a better guy. Absolutely. And, you know, you saw it immediately with his post game comments. You know, somewhat self deprecating, somewhat very sort of just mm-hmm. simple and almost mm-hmm. even innocent in a way. Like, hey, am I supposed to actually give the you know give the ball to the <laughs> Hall of Fame or whatever? I mean, that's very those, those were great. And, I was watching those all morning. You know, so sort of being able now to have it sink in that, you know, one of your favorite players, you know, has, has accomplished this, uh, you know, what is it, how does it sort of, uh, you know, encapsulate what has now been a pretty long fandom and, uh, you know, a pretty, at times a pretty difficult one. I, you know what, I, it, it is truly amazing to see that he can actually do something like this after all what has happened, all those failures, all those uh, injuries. And then what, like, I think especially the lowest point was definitely last year when he came back and couldn't even get it out. Like I, I couldn't even be angry at, I, I, uh, I may have to go back to my polls to see if I did say something angry at the moment, <laughs> but I I'm pretty sure that I didn't take out any anger on for uh, Carlos there for coming back for injury and then doing that poorly. But I definitely saw the vitriol from all those other people. And it just made me sad that I, I like Rodan so much and uh, I still believed in him and to see that happen and all that. And then they let him go. And that was just very sad after, I, I mean, obviously uh, you can't really, connect with players on a personal level or anything like that. But I felt I got a bit closer than other people did uh, when he was doing all the streaming stuff at least. And uh, it was good to uh, chat with him and he was very open on Q and a, so it was really, really fun. Had you, had you held out much hope? What, what percentage of hope did you have? Um, like for example, on the, on the SB nation um, um, GM simulation off season, we refused uh, Rodan uh, right, but right. Uh, he agreed to come back, which is exactly you know how it played out. Uh, I think maybe we even lowballed him <laughs> worse than the White Sox <laughs> did. But when you heard, and you know, I'm sure it wasn't a shock, uh, wasn't too right. big a surprise. When you heard that, what percentage would you have placed? Uh, the likelihood of him coming back or did you really think it, w- it was it I don't was- I don't know if I placed the likelihood but I felt that it wouldn't be a surprise if he did come back mm-hmm. and I really hoped he would I, I think I really did hope he would especially uh given how much he's uh, been here and all that and when they did announce him coming back I welcomed him back and I said I still believed in him been you know surrounded by the sea of other people who are Right. cursing out jerry and han asking <laughs> what the hell were they doing and all that <laughs> yeah you know definitely frustration i think less about carlos right the, right the fact right, that definitely. it was only carlos you know yes, because when yes. it's only carlos that's not a good off season even totally, after totally, you know totally understandable um, there. Yes. so so at what point 
uh, Anno, did um, the the fandom begin? Was it when he was drafted? Was it when you first saw him start with the Sox? At what point did you sort of pick it up uh, in, in terms of the, the fandom? I think it was most certainly when I uh, first saw him start. But even when he was drafted, I was already intrigued. Mm-hmm. It was a third-round pick, and I even pulled up from the old White Sox archives my uh, comment back then where I <laughs> mentioned – it took 99 losses and a sweep of the Cubs or the Cubs sweeping us to get this guy. So mm-hmm. I hope he's not disappointing. And I hope we see a lot of that slider because mm-hmm. that was what they were talking about. His uh, 70 grade, although some rated it 80. So I always rated it 80 myself that that 70 grades officially slider, how good it was, how he changes speeds on it to get people like it, it is just a really, really awesome thing to see, especially if, uh, and going back to someone even uh, before uh, Carlos that some people uh, should and may remember, but Sergio Santos, when he had that slider going and just shutting everyone down as our closer, the surge protector. I yeah. really enjoyed watching those. Talk you just it. watch the uh, other hitters get completely tied up with it, spinning in circles, swinging while their legs are getting slammed by the pitch. It's beautiful to watch. And talk about a, another sweet guy. I mean, that's a guy I was lucky enough to to cover really during. You know, you could say the peak of his career it was brief, but I mean, you know, yeah, really, it was he brief, ascended but... into the closer role and into some stardom mm-hmm. and earned himself a pretty nice contract that he then took to Toronto. But yeah, another another yep. really sweet guy. You liked to see success. Yes, Four. and um, it is a shame what happened to him at the end there. But while he was on, everyone loved it. Yeah, and what a great story! You know, I mean, gosh, a guy who was a position player who then, you know, I mean, right, there's not right, that yes. many success stories at the mm-hmm. professional level when you make that kind of switch. And mm-hmm. you know, he he was really one of the first, at least in sort of you know this era, certainly this this century. Um, so it really it's it really started to take off that first start that you saw him with the White Sox, and from there, yes. you were sort of like he was so. So uh, the first appearance he had was a real interesting one. I uh, remembered it as bases loaded, but as it turns out, when I did more, uh, well, when I did my uh, research just earlier, it was actually two on uh, for the inning, and he uh, walked the first guy he faced, which I guess is you know just nerves. Can't can't uh, fault mm-hmm. him for that. And then he has to face of all people with the bases loaded. Ryan Rayburn, <laughs> notorious Sox killer, which I'm sure everyone remembers as well. And uh, sure enough, he gave up a hit and two run, uh, two RBI single to uh, Rayburn. And uh, th- I guess that's his Christianing by fire. Yeah. Trial by fire, as if there's any other way to uh, get into being a Sox pitcher facing Ryan Rayburn yeah. and giving up a hit. Yeah. And then um, I guess. I pretty much forgot what happened after that, if he still got some more appearances and how he looked. He probably did, but I'm not recalling it as well until he finally was going to get his first start. And uh, that just happened to land on the day that uh, SSS was having its meth up. (laughs) And uh, it was, I think it was my second or third year attending one. So I was really excited for that too. And also just by happenstance, the night before there was rain mm-hmm. so it it was a rained out game and then our mef up became a double header two two uh baseball games for the price of one <laughs> we just completely lucked out there although the first game was uh johnny cueto almost throwing a cg sh- uh, well it wasn't a shutout because alexa had a homer which was i still remember it too i think he hit it towards the bullpen that was cool to see 
Mm-hmm. We were over in the like uh, first baseline side, so the ball just rockets away from us. Oh man, the perspectives of the ballpark. It's oh, been yeah. so long since I've been, so I, I miss that too. But yeah, so uh, Cueto almost threw a CG, but then uh, Jose busted it at the end with a home run. And then I think they hit him some more to the point that they had to take him out. So he wasn't even able to finish the game. So that was at least uh, fun to watch, the spoiling there. And then uh, after a break was the second game when uh, Rodan came out for the start. And I was so excited to uh, see his first start. I was hoping to watch those strikeouts. And sure enough, eight strikeouts over six innings, only gave up two runs. I don't even remember how he gave up those two runs. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't home runs, Mm -hmm. but uh, he did rack up the strikeouts and uh, got a quality start there. And then the offense also came alive and, it made for a very good uh, day of baseball, even if the first game was a loss. But still, you remember the second game more because of recency bias and, of course, because it's a win. So I walked out of there that night really happy. And uh, one of the uh, images that I can show you was how, oh, that's right. Uh, because I think, like, the wind or something was being weird that night. Mm-hmm. So every time someone hit a home run, the fireworks were going off. And the fog or the smoke from the fireworks lingered and it even blew back onto the field and it just created a weird, eerie sort of misty thing there. And one of the jokes was like, uh, towards the end, I think someone got a hit. I, I want to say it was Beckham, but maybe not, but anyway, someone got a hit and it was most likely because the fielder out there lost it in the smoke. <laughs> it was just, it was very significant how much smoke there was. So the image that I could uh, I'll show you is that after the game, after we left, walked away from the park, you could still see the winning because, uh, you know, uh, after the after win fireworks smoke mm-hmm. was just hovering over the wow. field and it created a very eerie, eerie look for the cell after uh, leaving it like that and yeah, it was it was, it was a night to remember it really was a night london to or something yeah <laughs> all right i got a i got some important questions for anohito uh but we're going to take a quick break and uh be right back with Southside Sox podcast number 39 hey white Sox fans we are back with Southside Sox podcast number 39 and it's a special one because it's with commenting champ on Southside Sox. it's anohito we're talking on the occasion of one of his favorite guys, Carlos Rodon, uh, no-hitter, which happened just this past uh, Wednesday. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about that and uh, Anno's um, fandom of uh, Carlos. So when, uh, Anno, when um, Ethan Katz was hired and when uh, Carlos oh, yeah. came back and we were getting sort of news that Ethan was really reaching out to everybody on the staff and working with them. Uh, oh my God, Cease so much we heard stuff. about and uh, Lopez, and I'm sure to some degree, Rodon. Uh, did that pique your interest and hopes for, uh, for Carlos to be able to come back strong, given everything he's been really fighting his whole career and certainly the last couple of years? Oh, def- definitely, definitely. And I mean, I'm no like pitch FX or pitching ninja guy knowing exactly what mechanics are what or how things can get fixed or whatever but i was basically going off this the whole not not assumption because it actually happened mm-hmm. but how uh cats fixed giolito I mean, yeah. you saw how everyone knows the story of uh, how bad giolito was and then what he became now 
And uh, it was, a lot of it was thanks to uh, him reaching out to cats and going for him. And then when the Sox hired cats, I could only just think like he's going to make the whole staff better. And uh, when uh, Rodon came back as part of that, I was really excited to uh, think what he could do with Rodon as well. Although uh, a lot of other people had pointed out that Rodon was still pretty good. It's just that the injuries are what always plagued him. And they didn't know how much cats could help with that. And I mean, I guess that is true. Yes. But at the same time, I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I ignored reality for a second. Yeah, and just you know, was I'm, not excited. A, I'm not a pitching, <laughs> I'm not a pitching ninja guy either, but you know, I was skeptical because it seemed like what cats was coming in and, and trying to do in a relatively short window of time, let's face it, a year, a whole off season could be a short window of time, oh, yeah. but it was uh, adjusting the uh, uh, Carlos's lower body. And again, I, I don't even, I don't recall the details enough, but it seems significant enough to me to be, for me to be skeptical because it's like, geez, this is a guy who's pitched for, for, you know, whatever, 15 years, certainly, you know, uh, five, you know, 10, a decade, very competitively, five mm-hmm. years professionally. Uh, and I, sort of on the fly, he's going to be, make, be able to make these adjustments. But you see that apparently it really has taken with Carlos, a guy who must have really dug down and disciplined himself to really try to work on this. Whereas perhaps with other guys, maybe Ronaldo would be an example. Whatever those, whatever those lessons and insights Ethan was trying is was trying to bring in spring training or even in the off season entering spring training maybe weren't taken as easily. So it is a real tribute to Carlos, depending on how much, whether this is just a hundred percent what, what Ethan uh, suggested, or even if he's still working on that lower body adjustment, it's right. quite a tribute that he's been lights out. Cause this isn't just a no hitter he's thrown. He basically has been untouchable since his first spring training appearance. Yes, definitely. And uh, wow. I mean, it is just spring training and uh, I'm sure a lot of people just like, uh, dismiss it but I even me I hang on to uh, almost every pitch even if it doesn't mean anything because I just love uh, baseball and all that so I'm watching all these spring training games and uh, the ones that Los were in were holy cow wow <laughs> yeah that was uh, good to see and I really hope that it would translate to the regular season and then sure enough uh, when the Mariners start came his his start came and the Sox were ailing for uh, some good starting <laughs> pitching he delivered yeah, he sure did. I mean, he's a guy who's who barely sort of hung on for that number five spot, and, and right now he's looking like uh, he's like looking like a number two in this rotation, and that's a, a pretty impressive turnaround given we're just a couple turns into the rotation. Now, right. uh, I know the the, the all time ranking. I mean, where does Carlos sort of rank for you in terms of your all time? Sox favorites I assume he at least makes the starting lineup but Uh, I I you know I would actually put him pretty high up there now because not not just because of no hitter but like all the other stuff he's done and uh well I guess uh people wouldn't uh take that as like a lot that he's done Mm -hmm. but uh what he has done uh so far uh I, I guess it would be uh Let's see. How do I put it? The 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 way he throws and the way he gets all these strikeouts and the way he's racking them up with the slider is just so great to see, and I really enjoy that. And he's also just such a great guy, and I got to know that uh, by his uh, Twitch stream. So I guess yeah, I so can be the... a little biased here and probably just say that that's probably one of the really big factors, mm-hmm. along with Giolito is that they were both connecting with their fans outside mm-hmm. of the game, especially during that pandemic era. 
mm-hmm. when uh, we just didn't have any baseball at all and people were hankering for anything that uh, NBC Sports, they were putting out their virtual Sox games via MLB to show. And I was watching those too. And, uh, you know, Jason Benetti was actually commenting on it with Chuck Garfine. And it, it was a really enjoyable watch, even if it was just virtual baseball, because uh, it was at least something related to baseball. Now, we got a lot of um, hype about uh, Lucas and his gameplay, especially because he participated in the MLB uh, tournament. The oh, yeah. Tournament that I think he made the actual to the finals. Right. And, you know, to the point where uh, Ashley, uh, Ashley Sanders even did write-ups, you know, for mm-hmm. us on those games. Now, we know Carlos uh, and, and his sort of persona there, the hard Carl, uh, but we don't – his he's got much less publicity, I suppose, for his – his gaming. So I guess tell us a little bit about what it is he, he does and, and how he does interact with, with the people who follow him. Uh, I, uh, I guess what he does is, uh, well, a lot of times he's playing uh, this uh, Call of Duty Warzone okay. and he's playing it with other uh, White Sox players too. Giolito for one, uh, Dallas Keiko as well. <laughs> he was also playing with uh, Dylan Cease and he was also, uh, and the other thing he was playing was uh, MLB The Show as well, which was okay. really, really fun to watch an actual MLB player play MLB the show and then sort of use himself. Like I think uh, whether uh, people remember or not, but uh, when Giolito threw the no hitter, one of the things that was mentioned was that he actually threw a no hitter with himself in MLB the show. <laughs> and now he did it in real life. Too, yeah, which is wild. yeah. Same year. Right. And I think uh, Rodan did the same. I forgot if it was a no hitter, but it definitely was a very, very impressive uh, game that he pitched with himself. And I think it was even more impressive than Giolito because uh, the show didn't rate him uh, high oh, right. at all. So sure. he had like really bad stats and he was a bronze or something. And uh, one of his like uh, either friends or I guess uh, whatever uh, recording buddies who had mentioned like uh, this guy just threw a, maybe it was a no hitter, threw a no hitter with himself and you're going to keep him on the bronze level. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It was, it was so funny to see. Uh, and, uh, watching those was just really great. There's, there's one awesome clip, which if you do run it, uh, I'll uh, share it with you mm-hmm. it, where basically, uh, he was playing, uh, the show there against, I guess, one of his uh, buddies. And it was an at bat where, uh, I don't know. Do you know how the show works where you get, uh, you basically move a cursor to where you think the ball is going to go. Okay. So, Basically, he moved the cursor to exactly where that guy was going to throw it every time. Mm-hmm. And he just, it's just watching an MLB player play the show and just know exactly what to do. It's amazing. Yeah. Really fun to watch. Yeah. And again, like I said, it was a time when there was no baseball and this was the closest thing to baseball. But at the same time, he was also like just interacting with the chat with people asking him questions all these people watching him, interacting with him, talking with him. Same with Gio. And both of these guys were just such a joy to watch and follow. And and uh, if you subscribe or donate to them, the uh, money the all all goes to, like, charity. Mm-hmm. So it was also for a very good cause, and it was a really, really uh, good time uh, watching that and uh, doing that. So, so Carlos is pretty uh, open and, and pretty entertaining and engaging with, with the fans as he's playing or whatever he's doing. These yeah. Things. Yeah. yeah he's pretty, pretty frank. Like you sort of see when we see him maybe in his, even in his press conferences or, or post games where he's, you know, maybe a little self-effacing, uh, you know, also confident, fun, 
uh, mm-hmm. that's coming across to to the to the fans w- uh, watching him while he's while he's doing his Twitch stuff. Because I could definitely uh, see that personality from like his interview and stuff, and I, I it, it just pulled me back to when he was uh, streaming almost nightly. <laughs> And it, it just reminded me of that, and it was uh, it was really fun to see. Well, let's pull it back now uh, on the on the on Carlos's start, which obviously is the dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. Probably a guy you know destined to be player of the week for the no no hitter coming up. Um, but obviously, two great starts. A guy who looks like he has obviously um, solidified his spot in the rotation, which was tenuous uh, to begin the season. He was sort of five mm-hmm. with an asterisk, even though you're very pleased with what he did in spring. It's been very promising. Uh, and of course, you know, with the injury, as you even uh, noted as you were watching through half of one eye, as a perfect game was going on, you have this concern of, hey, he's racking up the pitches, and this is a guy who hasn't shown necessarily the best luck, if not the best durability. Uh, how do you see Carlos's season uh, tracking? Uh, is he a guy that could ascend to the to the point where, in a playoff series, he's a guy who's going to get starts because he's made he, he's made a, a role for himself among the top three starters on the Sox? Um, I guess we'll continue seeing, but so far, what he's shown, how his fastball has a lot more life to it, how the slider can still wipe people out, it gives me a lot of confidence that uh, he can actually keep going out and doing this. Yeah, how impressive is it? I know it's been pointed out that it's it's absolutely not an anomaly for a pitcher when he's uh, going after a milestone like a no hitter or a perfect game to be cranking up the intensity, right. getting, yeah. getting wow. staying sharp, and even increasing velocity. But the fact that he's throwing his hardest pitch to the last batter of the game had to be pretty impressive to you. Yes, yes, that definitely letting it all out there. And I think, as he said in his interview, he. He finally took a look at the pitch count uh, and the ninth inning after the, what is it, first or second out, and he saw it was like 107 or something. He's like, oof, I better get this done now. <laughs> and I think it's that mentality that just makes him throw even harder to yeah. just try to get it done and yeah. get it done, he did. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost, you know, I'm going to use a, uh, well, actually, it's, uh, I guess everyone knows it by now, but uh, Clutch. Mm-hmm. at the end, which is pretty much what he's done also when he was streaming where, cause uh Warzone is a game about uh, going, being the last one standing. Okay. So when it just comes down to him and his crew against uh, another crew and they're just uh, going to be fighting down to the last man standing, he pulls off just this magic sometimes where he just suddenly wipes out the whole other team for the win. And that mm-hmm. is that finishing clutch closer <laughs> mentality that killer mentality that hard carl mentality that uh <laughs> is probably what also shown through and you know what the same thing was said about geo when he got his no hitter because geo also does that same thing you can see that laser focus he had and when uh because geo is also playing Warzone, so when it does come down to that last man standing he is just on the point so i love seeing that focus from these athletes slash gamers what with me being one myself I'm old now, so I'm not as competitive as them, but uh, their skills are awesome to watch. Did you ever imagine when you start first started creeping into baseball and White Sox fandom in, in 08 or so, <laughs> that, these, that this would be a way that you would be sort of engaging and interacting with, with players? I, I actually never thought about it. I've <laughs> been watching 
streams for a long time whenever I'm not playing games or I have, like I said, I have two screens. So sometimes I'm watching a stream while I'm playing games. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like, like seeing other people either tackle the same things I did in a different mm-hmm. way or mm-hmm. just watching their skill in something that I can never do. It's just so fun to watch that. And that's actually one of the things with uh, Rodan and uh, uh, Geo when they're playing MLB to show, I'm terrible at that game and mm-hmm. I haven't even played it in a while. But it's so fun to watch other people absolutely rake and uh, pitch well in that game. And you can see like uh, what they're doing and all that. So it's uh, fun to see. Uh, really entertaining for me. Yeah, it's never made any sense to me because I, I don't play. So the idea, right, the whole right. notion, the <laughs> sensation of watching people play, you know, to to someone who, who you know, to a, to a layman or whatever, is like, what in the world? How could that be appealing at all? Right, it, it is definitely it like, one of those... I guess uh, new generation things. And the funny thing is I'm part of, or at least I would assume I'm part of the old generation. Well, with me being born in the late eighties, but uh, I still enjoy this stuff a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and, and the way you're describing it certainly does make more sense. Cause it's like, Oh, okay. I, you know, I, as you just explained it, I, I've been in that situation before. Here's how he approached instead, or I can't do, I, I, I run into a wall whenever that happens and this guy got through it. And I guess from that perspective, I could see, because it might be no different than we, you know, may watch sports, you know, many, right. they no, play, exactly. you know, ball. So it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, look what Luis Robert can do that I can't do. And, and, you know, that's sort of cool. Not that I'm going to get out there and be able to do it. Right. And, and, you know, you have enough of a background to say, Oh, Hey, geez, wow. He really solved that problem. And also you really have that same uh, sort of mentality for rooting for the person. Cause in sports, you're rooting for the player that you love to uh, do something good. And uh, when you're watching them play a game, like for instance, uh, watching Geo or Los play uh, Warzone and they're down to like 10 people and it's getting really tense. You you really want them to uh, get that win. You want them to, uh, you're rooting for them to get that win exactly the same as you would do in sports. Now let's pull it back, uh, not just on Carlos, but of course it's it's a very small sample size. So we're not going right, to react right. to anything. Yep, uh, yep. But uh, that said, we're six and seven tied with the twins. The division's mm. tight. Uh, it's not been the greatest start, but as I think I pointed out in the comments, because apparently now I've taken a role to be uh, a little bit more of a cheerleader than I ever thought I would be <laughs> on this site. But the hardest, the uh, the hardest road trip uh, of the season got out of the way right off the bat, not yeah. terribly taxing beyond the injuries. Uh, the injuries, the fact that Tim Anderson hasn't even been uh, active for uh, even half the games. Um, they've weathered quite a bit already and still pretty much coming out of it at 500, not just playing Patsy teams either, uh, right, maybe right. about half. Um, so, you know, with that said, not trying to influence the answer at all here, but I mean, what's your outlook? Uh, you've already explained that maybe some of the hype has been killed and that's, that's probably a good thing really, you know, cause yeah, very yeah. few teams go, you know, uh, 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 first pitch to, to last, uh, you know, 2000 white, five white Sox were a very rare exception. Uh, and even they had a terrible even, scare yep. uh, there at the end of the season. So, uh, you know, you're, you're feeling now going on to the second road trip uh, for the White Sox, uh, sort of where they're at. Um, you know, it, there's been some highlights and some lowlights. Well, I guess, right, as you're saying, uh, all the hype and stuff, I bought it, especially because I'm always consuming other media. I'm subscribed to the White Sox YouTube channel and following their Twitter. They're always putting out these uh, – hype videos, always putting out the big highlights and all that stuff going on. So I, I really, really uh, was uh, into it, especially what happened last year as well. Although they did uh, falter at the end last year, and maybe that was some signs for this year. But then spring training came, and like Moncada literally hit a home run into another play, into another <laughs> field, which is ridiculous. 
you know, the funny thing is they uh, gave that home run a measurement of like uh, 490 something maybe. But then when I went on Google Maps and did the check on that exact field into the other field, it was well over 500. Mm. It's ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. So we, we saw the spring training, but spring training is spring training. So I guess in a way that also uh, was me buying too much of it and thus it lent to my emotions as well. Although I did try to control them a lot better than I did last year's extremely cold start one five, where I said some things that I truly regretted. <laughs> as I'm sure uh, some people may still remember and possibly still uh, have disdain to me for, but I, I truly uh, take that back and like truly regretted it even before they started going on a tear. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> take, take, take the hype down and hopefully the team you know, is also doing the same thing. They're they're not buying it and they're not believing it. And instead they're looking to see how to fix it into mm-hmm. something that's concrete and that then people can believe and can see. And and the thing is, it's all there. We could see what the mistakes yeah. are. The risk, the uh, bullpen being shaky, the defense being shaky, yikes. I think we got too spoiled last year from how solid everything was in the late innings. And now with things collapsing, then it's taken its toll even harder. Yeah. Well, I think I pointed out toward the end of the the podcast, uh, the post game um, yesterday after the no hitter, that when you look at the run differential and again, very early, so you can't extrapolate because there's some, there's some, there's some team that's based on run differential on pace for I'm sure like 120 wins. But the White Sox really are, uh, at this point, the run differential is very impressive. Of course, if Tony Russo continues to sort of space out on the bullpen and stuff, and, and if bad breaks continue to happen, uh, right. it's a runner scoring position. I mean, obviously that doesn't translate. If it did, they wouldn't play the games. But the fact that the White Sox have such a, are, are, are suppressing runs to the degree they are, scoring the way they are, obviously you don't like to see a losing record coming out of that. But even, you know, even still, if you're to project in a, a Pythagorean sense, uh, they're uh, they're still paced as a a, a hundred uh, win plus team. Uh, obviously, they're not going to win a hundred games this year, but right. the fact that they're still projecting considerably better than anybody in the division. I think only the Red Sox are ahead of them in the American League. Uh, they're oh. one of the five best teams based on run differential, and that's just you know, and that's taken just six wins out of thirteen. Um, I think there's a lot sort of under the surface. Uh, you know, sort of beyond those bad breaks and some of the questionable maybe you know bullpen management uh, decisions that are sort of suppressing, you know, have succeeded in suppressing the hype and perhaps mm. not the hope. Uh, and I, I can imagine, you know, again, I'm the last guy to be like Mr. Cheerleader and getting the pom-poms, but I, I could see a breakout uh, happening where this team looks a lot more like the post Giolito no-hitter team, the team that really took that crazy tear, uh, you know, to end up being a 35 and 25 team. Uh, last oh, yeah. year. I could see them kicking into that gear, uh, quickly. I mean, we'll see because obviously things can really reverse and this offense is shown to be like <laughs> surprisingly shaky at times, even with some of the guys out. But uh, the fact that they're six and seven and yet they have some of these underlying statistics, I'd say is is really promising. So hopefully there's a lot of uh, reason for optimism and ho- hopefully they, they really uh, uh, take the stick to the uh, uh, Red Sox here in this series. Going yes, definitely. And, Would be really needed. You know, bring them back down to earth and sort mm-hmm. of assert some dominance in the American League this early. That that would be very impressive. I could see that really improving uh, mood and killing, yes. cutting in some of the dower. On oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can't help the dower. We're White Sox fans. We've been through 2011. <laughs> we've been through 2016. Yep. 
we we know how things go sometimes. But you know, at the same time, what you said about how uh, uh, they have that offense and uh, they have those the uh, six wins where they scored so many and stuff, it, it's that whole thing where you see on uh, possible contending teams where you or maybe that's not the word, but like you see them, how they describe up and coming teams where you see that flash of greatness. Like you could see that they have it in them and they just need to bring it out more. Well, this is uh, more than having it in them. This is uh, half the games, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely there. So even, even with it being there, you still have like who the hitters are, you know, MVP, Jose Abreu, uh, Robert, who should be tearing covers off balls, and he actually is starting to do yeah, so is. lately. Um, he has Monty Grandal. He's actually been pretty disappointing, but he also should be doing, like, a lot of stuff. And I, I don't know, even though I am also part of the Dower at times, <laughs> whenever, like, a new game starts and I, like, see the lineup, or even, like, during the game and I see who's coming at bat, you just sort of have it in your mind that you know that these guys can do something. They should be able to do something. Mm. And it's not happening. So, uh, you know, it's... Let's put it this uh, way. It's different than a lot of years that you have been a fan yes. where the whole lineup is like, oh, my God. Yes, I'm exactly. really not going to even put one eye on this game because it's right, my brain. Right. Oh, my God. Those, little, yeah. That that era when they just had so many games where it was like, I think the seventh inning or something, and they didn't get a hit yet, or the sixth inning, and they had one hit, and I'm just, like, still watching or listening the whole time going, like... Ah, jeez. I mean, I guess we experienced that on uh, Monday with uh, Bieber, but he is Bieber, so. (laughs) But but... you know, as I said earlier, Ano, you you've earned your stripes as a fan. My goodness, you deserve some good things to be uh, coming your way finally, because this is. I think we all do. We all do. and that's true because a lot of people. I mean, you know, we do certainly have. Uh, you know, older fans who have certainly been able to celebrate some of the uh, successes, and of course. Pretty much all of us have some knowledge of, if not direct experience with 2005. So it's not uh, as yeah. if it's impossible, but uh, yeah, this, you don't usually get decades like this last one for a franchise, mm. especially a franchise that's been traditionally competitive, traditionally proud. Uh, this was a real step back for a lot of people, whether you're a longtime fan or maybe a newer one like yourself. So I think, you know, you've, You've done your time and you're still putting a lot of energy out on the site. And I love it. I love acknowledging it. And I love having you on this podcast. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Brett. And maybe we're going to do it again sometime. We're definitely going to try to pick out a few other people from the uh, commenting core. Oh, yeah, that would be great to hear. Yeah. I'd be very uh, excited to hear that, too. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, all right, everybody, you've got a little bit more insight into commenting champ. Ano Hito, thank you to Ano for joining me here on this. And we'll probably do some more of these again uh, sometime soon. But as always, thanks everybody for reading, participating, commenting, and sometimes even watching. We'll be back with more podcast stuff for you probably sooner than you think.